Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about phishing today, how to fight back using the people factor. And it's my pleasure to be speaking with Kurt Wesco. He's Chief Architect with Wombat Security Technologies. Kurt, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be here. Kurt, we know that email remains the number one attack vector. What are some of the latest phishing trends that you are seeing? Sure. So one thing I want to preface this with is that Wombat was recently acquired by Proofpoint. And one of the interesting things that got for us is Proofpoint is seeing billions of emails every day. And so we're, we've now actually been able to gain access to that intelligence they have around the different ways people are being attacked. So the number one fish that we see and is, you know, fairly prevalent, you know, consistently is credential-based phishing. This is a fish, you know, posing as an Office 365, you know, login or a Gmail login or any of these, these cloud services where people are going in and trying to get you doing a landing page, reset your password and, and, and take or send in your password and take advantage of that. Um, and you see this, you know, this is common because as people are moving their infrastructure to the cloud, attackers are looking and saying that it's not about compromising the local machine now, it's about gaining access to the cloud systems in order to get to, you know, the data inside the organization. An interesting one that, that we saw, um, and this falls in, we see a lot of variety of low volume um, campaigns. You know, you have your, your common targets within an organization, your executive assistants and your payroll team and, and such. But as we do, you know, some analysis for different organizations, you know, there's always a couple different people who jump out. And one that was really interesting was the person at an organization who's responsible for doing their SEC filing. This person was, you know, being targeted by a uh, account-based fish, and really the person was going after them to try to gain access to insider trading information and, and, you know, make money that way. Beyond that, we're seeing an expansion, you know, somewhat outside of email in terms of social media-based angler phishing really picking up. If you're not familiar, angler fish is something where the attacker is watching online on social media pages for someone to post something about a brand or, you know, they had trouble and need access to supports. And so, you know, a lot of organizations are now leveraging Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, for, you know, customer relations. They're watching for these types of things and then delivering it, whether it's, you know, a page that delivers a malware infection or a page that would link off to something with credentials or some other type of phishing page, leveraging that to reach the user and, and, and compromise them and not just straight email. Kurt, we've all heard about phishing for years now. Why do you find that organizations remain so susceptible to phishing schemes? Phishing in and of itself is an age-old practice, right? Phishing just means we started using email for it. Whether it was telephone-based scams, letter-based scams, or, you know, people just coming to your door, the idea of social engineering someone, you know, is, is as old as people. Why phishing and email specifically continuing? Well, I mean, like you said, it works. And ultimately, it's an evolving threat, right? So fishers aren't using the same techniques they used a year ago um, or even a month ago. And because of the inherent trust factor with it and people, you know, wanting to do the feeling they want to do the right thing or wanting to help others, um, I think we're somewhat just somewhat predisposed to it. But, you know, stepping out of that, um, like we said, the target keeps moving. People keep changing the different different ways they attack you. Today's credential fish, even though I said 
you know, that one's a popular one now and has been popular for a while, is not the same fish they were sending even six months ago. So whether using time attacks or taking advantage of, you know, a, a vulnerability where a password needs to be reset for people and using that as sort of a broader lure, the lures evolve, but the, but the fish, you know, the targets and, and what they're actually trying to do remain the same. In addition to that, I think the difficulties increase, it continues to increase as time goes on, right? If we were talking a few years ago, you were still at the time of high volume, sort of just wide casted nets of, for the fish where I'm just going to hit everybody and see what, uh, what I can get out of it. Now, we've gotten to the point where, you know, between LinkedIn and places, they're, you're seeing really sophisticated targeted campaigns against individuals where you're either willing to spend time and continue phishing them to build or continue emailing them to build that relationship and gain their trust or something that is, you know, completely topical. And if you're really not on top of your game, looks the same and is completely expected. And all they're looking for is one moment where you're distracted, where you don't look at all the signs or you're not thinking, you know, thinking it through completely and you click through and they have you. So the odds in phishing too are just really a stack in an attacker's favor because you just have to be slightly distracted for them to be able to get you. Kurt, clearly people are the target. But how can they also be the key factor in the security plan? I mean, really, people being part of the security plan comes down to a security professional's world being or admitting to themselves that technology alone is not the solution. That if I combine technology with people, I get better than if I use just one or the other. I think some of this comes into reframing the relationship between security and the rest of the company. We find a lot of times that there's an adversarial relationship there or there's a you know negative relationship around security asks me to do things that make my job harder, right? I don't I don't want to why can't I just use Dropbox to share this file? Why can't I just use this service? Uh, or, you know, public service to do this. And conversely, you know, as a professional, you've done some with myself, you get frustrated with why, you know, why don't people understand how dangerous it is? Why don't they get that I'm here to help them to do better? So, you know, I think it's in the overall the security team's best interest to really be the ones leading around this and, and looking at it and saying that, you know, we're, the, we're here to help you. We're, doing, we're putting you through education. We're doing simulated attacks. We're doing these different kind of exercises because we want to make the company itself more secure, deliver ultimately the company have more value because of the lack of breaches. And we want to help you, you know, do your, do your job, but do it in a, in a safer way. When you come to users like that more so with we're trying to help you, then this is, must be done this way or more authoritative. Um, it creates that, that, that shared relationship where they're open to what you're saying to them. And that's really the, the key to how you bring people into the fold and make them part of your security plan. And I think inherently, as, we, as we've seen with some users and organizations, people want to do the right things. People want, are excited about the idea of being part of the security program. They just don't know how. And so ultimately, really for you, they, they can help in, in two ways if you, look, if you look at what they can do for your organization. One is they're seeing everything that gets through your technical solutions, whether it's email filtering, whether it's, you know, is, is, is a virus and they see the activity afterwards. They see things that come through and are your first line of defense if you educate them on how to identify these types of attacks, I'm reporting them to you. And, as a, and you know, the second step of it is on follow on to that is also conditioning them and teaching them that it's okay to make mistakes. And if they do make a mistake, recognizing it, because often the sooner you catch this, you know, the less data that's leaked, the less, you know, this attack goes and goes into other systems. 
Um, what you don't know about, you can't defend or, or, or help remediate. And so also getting them both in line to find attacks, but recognize when something has gone wrong and understand who to notify and how to take action against it is, is critical and can be a big differentiator for, for a company in terms of stopping things and being ready and being able to, um, being able to stop things. Kurt, let's talk about end user training. What's wrong with many of the traditional approaches to training the end user to be more security minded? We know all organizations have tried this. It doesn't always work. So I think really what the challenge with traditional training is there was a focus largely, it started with a focus on compliance of I simply need to provide training to users and have them taken. And we really didn't put much thought into outside of maybe the curriculum of just what topics are covered in, in terms of what we're delivering. The challenge with that is twofold, is that one of the, you know, adults do learn differently. Every individual learns differently. And really tailoring and creating a customized experience and, and a customized curriculum for users that reaches them the, the way they want represents a far better, better way to do this. The other thing you have to think about is that if you were dumped effectively with a whole set of, let's say, HR training onto you in the course of a month, and you were asked nine months later, you likely wouldn't remember a lot of the things that you were taught. You maybe would have got the big, the big pictures, the big um, ideas, but someone asked you something specific, you know, the likelihood of you remembering that's pretty low, but that's a lot of what we were doing with awareness training is here is a set of 12 courses. Maybe you take them one a month throughout the year or whatever, but but the idea that you're going to remember this specific technique for catching a fish, for example, six months after you took it when, you know, it was just once you saw that and that was it, that wouldn't work for almost for basically for any educational experience. And so what we see that the, the work much better than that is, is driving an incremental change. Part of that is realizing to yourself that your users aren't going to be experts at everything, especially if you're st just starting out a program where you haven't gotten baselines and understand, you know, what they know and what they don't know. And so setting realistic goals and targeting, you know, for example, I want to make my users really good with attachment-based fish this year. We see that type of program and that type of targeted education work much better. And you're able to, and with that, you know, from a professional standpoint, and you're running a program, it makes it much easier for you to also identify what do I really want to do better at? How can I come up with a measurable goal for this and, and then track it over course of time and take, take action and take differences? The worst thing would be really to buy something, you know, to put a program in place, let it run for a year and find out you've made no difference. Whereas if you do something, you know, at a quarterly level or a month to month level, you're able to see, am I having an impact and, and change it up? and reach out to users who aren't, you know, are showing that they're not, you know, grasping the concepts right away and try something different. On top of that, you also have the fact that the threat landscape in the course of a year, you know, changes decently. And so what you taught to be in the year may not be completely applicable or may not be relevant at, at, at the end, depending on, you know, how, how people are being targeted or attacked. And so that also gives you the flexibility to focus on the information they need at a given point in time, rather than running through some prescripted program or, you know, something where you're, it's really, I only, I do this on a one-year basis and I change it. Kurt, how does Wombat take a different approach? So with Wombat, um, we really, you know, believe in this, in this incremental approach to ed educating users and using information to help guide you in terms of how you run your program. This has been one of the uh, great things that has happened as, as we've, you know, been integrating with Truthpoint. Um, we both kind of had the same idea, 
but came out from from different sides. So on on one side, when you're putting together your program, a great way to think about it is not about your systems, but really about your people. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, email and people are the way you're being targeted as you're coming in or as attackers are attacking you. But traditionally, the way we looked at things is we looked at our data systems or looked at where data resided and, you know, looked at how that could be attacked and sort of built our defenses out that way. And, you know, attackers ultimately exploited this by saying that, well, you have to give access to people to these systems. So if we can compromise them, then we can compromise your system. A way you can flip this and, and, and think like the attacker and look at them is to look at the ways your people are being targeted. What types of emails are they being hit with and what types of payloads are in them and what are attackers trying to do with them? And then if you're able to merge that in with your training program, then by looking at where people are strong, where people are weak, you can prioritize not just your training, but also your, your, your def- how you, what you're deploying. You might, if you find widespread attacks, you might find that you, you know, justify actually deploying a different technology solution. What we're able to offer to customers is really a holistic solution that lets you do this kind of assessment of, of what your user's knowledge is and then simulation to figure out whether they would or wouldn't fall for things. Um, and then with follow-on training, either in a generalized sense or bite-sized uh, pieces that will target certain um, types of vulnerabilities. For us, this really comes down to a you know, cyber strength assessment that allows you for a null, from a knowledge side to understand what types of knowledge users have. It's not as simple as, as just phishing. There's other areas where you need to understand whether physical security, social media safety, safe browsing, where simulation just doesn't work. Just to give you a little uh, interesting piece there is for a lot, what we found is a lot of organizations who run mature programs are able to get their simulated attack, uh, which when you're not familiar with that, that's you know, sending a simulated fish to an end user and seeing if they would click on it. They're able to get those click rates down below 10% um, as they mature their program. But when we use this, the knowledge assessments and ask them generally about phishing, they find the miss rates on those questions are around 24%. So while users can get good at identifying specific fish, it's still hard to you know understand the general trends, and and so that's where you know having knowledge assessments alongside of these similar attacks gives you a better picture of what your end users' knowledge levels are and what risk they they pose. You want to throw on the similar attack side. What's really important is being able to send realistic campaigns. For us, that's been one of the great benefits is having access to you know, fish from the wild, the fish that are being seen right now, and we're making those available in our similar attack product. Um, so that way, if you find as you find yourself being targeted by these types of campaigns, you can realistically assess what your end user risk would, would be to that. And then lastly, what we we find is from some of the research our founders really did, did with this is that teaching people when they have context of, of the attack and what happened and in, in, in the decision they made makes it resonate better than, you know, rolling out training a week, a month, whatever, after an, an event happens. And so we're a big fan of, of leveraging behaviors or, you know, whether it's a simulated attack failure or real life behavior, someone clicking on a phishing link and tying that in through a system to auto-enroll the users in training and deliver teachable moments to give them that starting point of, you know, this, is, this was the mistake I made, and then using that to auto-enroll them into more general training off of that. 
we're offering a holistic platform that lets you take advantage of all those types of things with then back the scenes um, comprehensive reporting that allow you to track metrics and produce reports so you can track your progress as you're trying to change your behaviors user or your user's behaviors and then make changes to that program as necessary. So Kurt, if you would take a step back and summarize, how are you at Wombat specifically helping organizations to improve their anti-phishing defenses? What we're really letting them do is understand where their user risk lies and measure it and take appropriate action on it. For us, we believe end users really, like I said, really want to do the right things. And we're giving you the tools to figure out where and when and what types of attacks are doing the right things with and which ones they aren't, and then letting you take action off of that. Instead of treating it as more of a qualitative assessment, being able to quantifiably, you know, understand where or where my failure rates are and know that you have, if you have a problem, that you have solution option for how to, you know, rectify that. Very good, Kurt. I appreciate your time and insight today. Thanks so much. Thank you. We've been talking about fighting back against phishing, the people factor, and I've been speaking with Kurt Wesco, Chief Architect with Wombat Security Technologies. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.